Hey everyone, it's so good to have all of you joining us online as we are in the second week on a series of a series on what to do when life is uncertain. And we have definitely discovered over these past few weeks that life is uncertain. And as we look around and we see this very broad spectrum of reactions to all the uncertainty, we have to ask this question. And it's the question that we're discussing during this series. What is the best way to react to circumstances that create anxiety, fear, worry, or stress? And that really matters to us in this season because we've all had seasons where we think things are pretty much under control and the future is bright. And then like in a, just in a matter of a couple days or weeks, everything's out of control and there's more questions than answers. And while we go through our life, kind of knowing in the back of our mind that life is filled with uncertainties, what we often do is we tend to discount it. We try to avoid it. But the truth is... All it takes is a phone call. All it takes is a knock on the door. All it takes is a text or a conversation. And suddenly our world is rocked and everything changes. We've all been there, haven't we? And we're living in one of those moments right now. But when those times come and you're not sure what to think or where to turn, there is a truth that you can hold on to that will steady you through the uncertainty. And this is this kind of the truth that we're building this whole series on. And that is this. Even when life is uncertain, God is not. He's still got the whole world in his hands. And what's interesting also is about uncertainty is that it has this way of turning our attention to God. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ or you're not even sure what you believe about God. If life gets tough enough, we all tend to turn our thoughts to God. In fact, some of us, we might even start reading the Bible or reading it more. And we definitely pray, don't we? We pray a lot because see, uncertainty has the ability to cause us to look up and to look around for help. In fact, our faith oftentimes grows most in uncertainty because we're more focused on God and we're more willing to cooperate with him in those times than when life is just really smooth and going well. So last week, we began looking at the story of Daniel from the Old Testament. And and the reason we went to Daniel's story is because throughout his life, Daniel faced certainty over and over and over again. In fact, Daniel faced uncertainty in every age and stage of his life. And most of the time, that uncertainty was life-threatening. But through it all, he chose to react with to his circumstances, to every situation with faith, basically trusting in the God who holds the whole world in his hands. And because of that, because of the way that Daniel chose to react, his life and the entire kingdom or the lives of people in the entire kingdom that he was involved in leadership, they were changed for the better. Now, here's what we did. Last week, we learned from Daniel, who was around age 16, years of age at the time, that people who maintain their trust in God through uncertainty are people who decide to believe and to build before the uncertainty comes. They they believe and build their character and their faith because they know they're going to need that tomorrow. And it's those people who can trust in God in uncertainty that they learn this, that God does his best work in the biggest disruptions and the worst times of uncertainty. Now, you got to understand something. 
It's not God that creates uncertainty in our lives. It's just that when uncertainty comes or we bring it on ourselves, what God does is he leverages the uncertainty to show us how big he is and to help us grow big faith if we choose to look for and cooperate with him. So that really brings up the question that we're going to talk about today, and that is this. How do you cooperate with God and what he's trying to do in your life when life just absolutely seems out of control? And what can you and what can I do in the midst of our uncertainty to find peace? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And to do that, we're going to go back and we're going to pick up in the story of Daniel's life. Now, again, if you weren't with us last week, kind of lay some foundation for you. Daniel was a teenager. He was a member of the Jewish royal family who was taken from his home when he was a teenager, along with a large number of other, the brightest and the best Jewish young men, by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who was trying to train them in the Babylonian culture and religion and groom them for leadership as part of his country. Now, part of his training was Daniel was ordered to eat a specific diet, a diet that went against his commitment to God's law. And so Daniel, we learned this last week in chapter one of Daniel, Daniel refused, he appealed this, and his boldness was ultimately rewarded. And the reward was basically that he stood out from among his peers and Nebuchadnezzar rewarded him with this prominent position in his government as one of his advisors. Now that's important. We'll come back to that in just a moment. So you might assume that Daniel now has been rewarded with this prominent position as advisor. And so now everything is going to be smooth from there. But just a couple years later, Daniel again finds himself facing more uncertainty. And here's what triggers it. One night, Nebuchadnezzar, he has this dream. And this dream, it bothers him so much, he can't sleep. So what he does is he calls in all of his top advisors and he asks them to interpret the dream for him. Him. And here's what he tells them in Daniel chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Now, some of you, you, you think you got a difficult boss. Uh, it's nothing like Nebuchadnezzar, but here's what happens. He, these advisors, they feel pushed in a corner. And so they push back and they say, hey, we can't tell you the dream. No, no king has ever asked his advisors to do that. That's just not being fair. Tell us a dream and we'll give you the meaning. But Nebuchadnezzar isn't taking his chances. He, he doesn't want his advisor, or he doesn't tell it. He doesn't want to tell his advisors a dream, and then for them to make up something about it, or just lie to him about the meaning just to appease him. So when he hears their response, when he feels their pushback, he responds the way as, as we're going to see throughout Daniel's story that Nebuchadnezzar is famous for responding. Notice what happens next. This made the king so angry and so furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. Now, not just these advisors that he's talking to, but 
all of them, which included Daniel. Now, this is what you absolutely call a bad temper. Nebuchadnezzar had one. But he is so concerned about the dream. He's so fed up with being maybe feeling like he's being lied to by his advisors that out of his anger and being so furious, he is going to execute every advisor in his kingdom and start over. In fact, notice what happens next. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death and the men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Now I want you to think about this. Like what has Daniel done at this point in his life to deserve this? He's done nothing to cause this. He's been faithfully serving the king. He he isn't being a fraud, maybe like some of the advisors were and, and Nebuchadnezzar was thinking that. He hasn't been deceiving the king, but now his life is in danger. And here's the reality. We've all faced uncertainty that was the result of our own choices. And when you face the consequences of your foolish choices, you may not like the outcomes, but you kind of feel like you brought it on yourself and so you just deal with it. But when you are facing uncertainty and it is no fault of your own, that is a completely different deal. Like we've had to implement social distancing or some of us had to stay home from work or maybe there were budget cuts because of this virus and now the company is downsizing. Or maybe your parents tell you they're getting divorced or maybe a loved one has died unexpectedly. Like, what do you do when the uncertainty is not based on anything that you did? Well, here's what Daniel did. And, and this is such a great example for us of what to do. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariot then explained the matter to Daniel. Now, remember this. Ariok is supposed to be there to kill Daniel. And instead, what Daniel does is he engages him in a conversation. How does he do it? Remember, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. And he was able to get all the facts. Now, let me just tell you why this is so important. Too often, we can't see the big picture of what God is doing because we are too busy panicking. We're we're too busy trying to figure out how to save our life and avoid reality. And we're too busy freaking out. But Daniel, he reminds us that calm is good. And because he stayed calm, he had the margin to respond with faith and wisdom and not react out of fear. But Daniel's not finished. Notice verse 16. At this, when Daniel found out all the facts, at this, Daniel went into the king and asked him for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Now, get this. Daniel marches into the king's palace and and he appeals once again with wisdom and tact. And he asks for some time and he says, listen, if you'll give me some time, I'll, I'll try to meet your request. 
Now, I am sure that Daniel was scared because he had no guarantee that he would be able to do this. I mean, and, and the other thing is he's dealing with Nebuchadnezzar, this guy who's got this incredible temper. But Daniel chose to take his fear to God rather than letting his fear make him irrational and drive him away from God. Notice what happens next. Then Daniel returned to his house and he explained the matter to his friends, Hanani, Michelle, and Azariah. Notice what he says. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Now, I don't want you to miss this. Daniel did not have all faith and no fear in the uncertainty. He had faith and he had fear at the same time. See, fear is part of uncertainty. Fear isn't a sign that you have no faith. See, fear is a sign that you don't understand or that you don't know everything or that you can't control everything. But Daniel, even though he had fear, he chose not to let the fear consume his faith or drive his life. He basically decided, listen, I'm going to confront the brutal facts. The brutal facts are, we're going to be executed if something doesn't happen. And at the same time, I'm going to keep believing that God can help us and that God can save us. I'm afraid, but that fear is not going to override my faith and confidence in God because I know even though life is uncertain, God is not. And so he and his friends do what anyone does or should do in uncertainty. They prayed. They prayed. They pleaded with God to hear. Why? Because you should never let fear determine how you respond to the circumstances or the people that are surrounding you. But you need to understand this. The only way to keep that from happening is you have to pause to pray. And you have to pause to pray to remember that your heavenly father is in control and you allow him to strengthen your faith during that process of having that conversation with God. So here's the lesson that I want you to take away today. If you want peace in the middle of uncertainty, then you pray until the peace comes. And let me just explain what we mean by this, because we're not talking about the kind of prayers that we just naturally pray in uncertain times. This is not the kind of prayer where you say, God, you just do what I want you to do. It's, it's your job to fix this. And, and if you don't, then you failed me kind of prayer to God. It's not God, I'm blaming you for everything that's happening. And I can't believe you've done to me this kind of, kind of prayer. Now, those are easy prayers to pray. And there's actually, believe it or not, there's actually a place for that kind of prayer. It's, it's okay to be honest with God and express all that raw emotion to him. But the prayers that Daniel and his friends prayed, they are a much deeper kind of prayer. It's a kind of prayer that says, God, here's what I desire. And here's what I think I need. But if you don't, I still trust you. If you don't, I still believe. Even if you don't show us a dream, and even if we're executed, God, I will still follow you. Listen, those are the kind of prayers that bring peace 
Because see, when you reach that point that you trust and you value God above everything, including what you desperately want to see happen, then your peace isn't tied to a circumstance. It's not tied to how smooth life is. Your peace is found in something beyond you and your circumstances. It's found in your heavenly father who is faithful no matter what you face. So you pray until you're able to move beyond, I want my way to God have your way in this uncertainty. See, that's how you overcome the fear of uncertainty. That's how you pray until the peace comes. Now, let's just be real honest. Very few of us, very few of us get there. Very few of us face our uncertainty with a peace and a faith that holds steady regardless of what God does or does not do. Because see, that requires you addressing your deepest fears. It requires you addressing your deepest insecurities and dealing with what you really value. Because see, most of the time, we're really good at keeping this stuff hidden deep in our hearts. But here's the thing. When uncertainty comes, it, it, reveal, it reveals what we fear. It reveals our insecurities and it shows what we really, really value. So if you want to find out in a hurry, if your trust is in God or if it's in your money or your family or your career or your intellect or those things that you think you control, here's the reality. Uncertainty always will threaten one or more of these. And as long as you value something more than God, what will happen is your insecurity will overwhelm you and your fears will consume your faith. See, it's impossible to be at peace until your hope is in God and him alone and you believe that he's worth following regardless of what he does or he does not do. But I'm just telling you. That, that's so hard for all of us because most of the time our faith and our confidence in God, it is directly tied to outcomes. We think, well, if he does, then I will. But if he doesn't, then I won't. But, but that's not deep faith. That's not genuine peace. And that's not how you overcome the fear of uncertainty. No, deep faith happens when you get to that place that no matter the outcome, you're convinced that God still got the whole world in his hands. And here's the thing. I know what we're facing as a nation and I know what we're facing in our world. And you're facing things in your world, in your family, at your work, about your school. And all those things can seem so overwhelming. But you can have this confidence that God is for you no matter what happens to you. See, that's what Daniel and his three friends knew. They wrestled through their fear in prayer. And then this is what happened as a result of that. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. So God reveals Nebuchadnezzar's dream and its meaning to Daniel. And Daniel goes to the king and saves not only his own life, but the lives of all the Jewish and all the pagan advisors. But here's what I really love about this story. When the answer came, Daniel didn't run to Nebuchadnezzar first, even though the, the clock was like ticking on his life and all these other guys' life, because he knew that Nebuchadnezzar wasn't really in control. He, he understood that his heavenly father was in control and he was going to honor him for revealing the dream. So let's just make this really practical as we can, because I'm telling you, it's not easy 
to understand how to live this out until you've really lived it out. And I'm sure some of you are sitting there questioning and debating with me in your heart and your head. And, and I understand this because this is a big idea and we don't have time to answer every question about why some situations work out and others don't, why God spared Daniel's life, but doesn't spare everybody's life whenever they pray. All of those questions are valid and, and they do have answers, but we're not going to address them because getting answers doesn't bring peace in uncertain times. It's, it's, it's way more personal. It's way more emotional than that. See, you discover peace when you can acknowledge that God is for you no matter what happens to you. So here's kind of what we want to challenge you to do this week. Pray two simple prayers, just one sentence prayers, two of them. The first one is this. Heavenly Father, I need you to... Put in whatever you need in that blank. I need you to save my marriage. I, I need you to heal my friend. I, I need you to provide me a job or I need you to secure my job. Or I need you to take this uncertain situation and make it certain. But here's the thing. Don't stop there because that's where most of us stop. And that's why most of us doesn't experience, don't experience peace. Also pray this. Heavenly Father, if you don't, I'm afraid that... And you fill in the blank. I'm afraid that I'll be lonely for the rest of my life. Or I'm afraid that I won't be able to provide for my family or myself. Or I'm afraid that I'll never feel significant. Or I'm afraid that they'll die. I'm afraid that. See, you need to dive deeper in your prayer for more than just what you want. And you need to wrestle through why you want it. Because see, it's when you pray this kind of prayer, Heavenly Father, if you don't, I'm afraid that. Here's where you will find your fear. Here's where you'll find your insecurity. And you can't have peace until you let God lead you to deal and face those things. So get honest with God and get honest with yourself about your deepest and your most hidden fears. Just lay them out and deal with them and let God begin to show you that he is sufficient, that he is faithful, that he is dependable. See, God loves you and he's bigger than all those things that you and I fear. So pray until the peace comes. Now, next week is Easter. And if you think Daniel and his friends had, have, had big faith in the middle of uncertainty, I'm telling you, you haven't seen anything yet. So make sure to remind your family and friends to invite them to join you online for one of our online services. But here's what we want you to remember this week. Even when life is uncertain, God is not. He's got the whole world in his hands. And you just pray. Until the peace comes and God will show up in amazing ways as he deals with your fears and your insecurities and turn your heart to truly value and trust him. Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible life lesson from Daniel. And I thank you that in the middle of so many life-threatening uncertainties, he models for us what we can do to find peace. So God, I pray that you help us this week to take our prayers beyond God. Here's what I want you to do to God. Here, here's what I'm afraid of. God, I just pray that you help all of us to have the courage to face our fears and our insecurities as we have conversations with you, knowing that you love us and you care about us and, and you'll help us move beyond those. And instead of being paralyzed by fear, we'll be able to move forward in faith. Thank you for your power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. 
We need it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks so much for being with us today. We'll have our next Wednesday event at uh, 6 p.m., so we'll see you then. Have a great week.